0: Welcome to the Loving Lake Geneva podcast. I'm your host, Karen Stray Rappaport. Each episode, I take an outside the wake look at the area's most interesting people, places, and happenings. It's another great sunny day here in Lake Geneva, and the lake looks stunning, so let's jump right in. I'm extremely honored to have with us today, Ted Pankow, who has been Director of the Water Safety Patrol since 1990, Kelly Autzen, who worked first as a lifeguard and swim instructor, and then on the boat crew, and currently volunteers in marketing, merchandising, benefit planning, nautical night benefit, and the chair of the 100th Anniversary Committee. And Anne Morrissey, who also worked on the Water Safety Patrol crew and now is the author of the recently released book, Running the Reds, which chronicles the first 100 years of the Water Safety Patrol. Welcome, everyone.
1: Great to be here. Thank you.
0: So, Ted, let's start with you. Can you explain for people who don't know, and I think even local people you know, don't know the extent of what are the responsibilities of the Water Safety Patrol?
1: Well, there are actually three branches of the patrol, if you want to call them that. One branch would be our lifeguard services, and uh, that includes lifeguard services at 10 different beaches around Geneva Lake. Second branch would be Our boat patrol, which is a a fleet of six uh, rescue boats that patrol the lake all summer long. And the third branch would be what we call our educational programs, which includes swim lessons and boat safety classes. Each of those branches would have their own uh, individual sets of responsibilities, but we're all part of the same team and we're all working hard to keep Geneva Lake as safe as possible because it is the busiest lake in the entire state
0: it sure is especially on a saturday and a sunday (laughs) during so tell us about these boats i mean what kind of um equipment and technology do you have in, in your fleet
1: the boats are pretty advanced many of them have been uh specifically built for the water safety patrol they're customized uh with with different features for instance the back of the boats on many of them they the back of the boat is removable, the transom is removable or or comes down kind of like the tailgate of a pickup truck, if you will, so that we can get patients out of the water easily and quickly without having to jostle them around much. Um, we, we carry lots of equipment on board. Uh, rescue equipment includes a standard medical kit bag that we bring with us to all rescue calls. Uh, we carry AED defibrillators on board. And um, we also have a wide variety of boater assistance gear because that's that's what we spend the majority of our time doing is responding to boater assistance calls rather than rescue calls. Uh, so you know we have a lot of things on board for battery jumps, boat tows, uh, spare can of gas on board if somebody were to run out of gas. So we have a variety of of uh, different types of equipment for that as well.
0: And so you don't. Ticket boats, right? If somebody is speeding or breaking the law in some way, are you responsible for enforcing those laws?
1: Yeah, we're we're not law enforcement officers. We're not police. However, we do enhance that law enforcement uh, effort, if you will, because yes, if we if we do see someone out on the lake that's violating the law or operating in an unsafe manner, we will stop them and educate them. It's 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 more in the name of education than it is for law enforcement. We just wanna educate people what, what the laws are out on the lake, what are the rules of the water, so that they can follow them and be safer. We're there really to protect people and prevent accidents and injuries. So in most cases, if we stop someone and, and tell them that you know the, the person that they have sitting on the swim platform while they're cruising down the lake, is it's a very dangerous practice. <laughs> In most cases, people are more than willing to comply and say, thank you for, for letting us know. We didn't realize how dangerous that could be. And, you know, they get back in the boat, and they go on their way. So in most cases, that's what happens.
0: I, I could have used you yesterday when um, I was coming out of the Abbey Harbor and a boat was coming in at the same time, you know, forgetting about their red light. <laughs> I think it was a rental boat, so they probably had no idea, but still very dangerous,
1: have to follow those lights just like you would in a car. Yeah. Uh, but we, you know, we do have two-way radio contact with the police boat out on the lake. So if we see a serious violation that, that we feel needs a little bit more than just an educational intervention, we will call the police boat and they can come over and write a ticket or make an arrest if necessary, whatever is necessary from a legal standpoint or law enforcement standpoint. So, so we do work with them on that as well.
0: How many boats are on the lake at any given time?
1: many private boats um
0: no i'm sorry um water safety patrol boats oh water Uh, safety
1: uh, patrol well we have a fleet of six boats and we generally run two to three boats per weekday and five to six on weekends and holidays
0: okay yeah and i'm sure they're busy that whole time
1: (laughs) yeah they can they sure can be
0: so ann you used to work at the water safety patrol
2: correct That's correct. Yes, I uh, was a swim instructor and I worked there in the summers of 1999 and the summer of 2000.
0: And now you put together this incredible book with—I mean, for me and for many—just a trip down memory lane, seeing all those photographs of you know the history of the different types of boats and the uniforms, the bathing suits, the you know just so so neat um, all these pictures. But can you first running the reds? A lot of people already know if they're local what that means, but can you explain to listeners uh, what the significance of that title?
2: Absolutely, yeah. So, um, Running the Reds is a title that uh, was was sort of agreed upon. There was a committee of about uh, seven people, including Ted and Kelly, um, who were on the book committee. And when we were trying to decide what would make the best title for uh, this book that we had put together, we all sort of uh, decided that Running the Reds really got at the heart of what the Water Safety Patrol does because Running the Reds is a tradition that we have had uh, going at the Water Safety Patrol since about 1954. And it is in reference to um, the storm warning system that we have in place. So if the water safety patrol headquarters hears that there will be um, an impending storm, um, a rather sudden impending storm, the practice is for uh, the patrol boats to fly a red flag from the stern of the boat and to do a lap around the lake, uh, which essentially is a way to communicate to everybody who's out boating on the lake that uh, the storm is coming and that they should probably take shelter
0: and that is so helpful because you know it can come on pretty quickly <laughs> you know you're out there enjoying a nice sunny day and then you know within a half an hour all of a sudden you know you could be in this horrible storm or even quicker so it's so helpful that the water safety Patrol is always looking out for us it makes me feel so much safer on the lake so how long did it take to to put everything together for this book start to finish
2: Um, You know, I think we worked on it for, oh gosh, almost three years. Um, I was approached in about 2017 because the Water Safety Patrol knew that their 100th anniversary was coming up in 2020, and uh, there are a lot of different anniversary events planned this summer, but the uh, thing that we were focused on in 2017 was trying to capture the history of the organization uh, and the first 100 years of this uh, Geneva Lake uh, institution. So it took us about three years of collecting interviews and photos and stories and and figuring out, you know, how to tell the the Water Safety Patrol story in book form.
0: I love those in their own words pages, you know, where you've just gathered all these people who, you know, worked for the Water Safety Patrol over the years. It was just, I love the format of the book. I've read it, you know, several times. It's a great book to have on your coffee table because it's fun to browse through. And can you tell people where they can find it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's available at several local retailers, including the Cornerstone Shop in Lake Geneva and the Geneva Lake Museum. You can get it at the Abbey Resort and Spa. There are, let's see, Century in Walworth is another place you can pick it up. And of course, anybody who is either not local or would prefer to order it directly from us can go to watersafetypatrol.org and order their copy directly through our website.
0: Great. And hopefully everybody who's listening right now, if they don't already own it, will go out and get it because boy, is it worth it. So Kelly, you started out as a, as a lifeguard and swim instructor on the water safety patrol, and then you were on the boat crew? Yes, I was. And I know Ted was the director when you were on the boat crew, just so I know that from the book. And there's a kind of a Tough story you tell in the book, and and how Ted helped you through that. Can you share that? Sure. Well, I'd like to just kind of backtrack too and say
3: that um, the in in your own words portions of the book. Tara Schreiner, one of the chairs of the book committee, started collecting these stories back in 2011, Um, and the idea to make a book was discussed well before any of us were on the water safety patrol. So the in-their-own-words section of the book, as you've mentioned, it's a very popular section. And it tells kind of the the tales and the, the war stories, if you will, of some of the occurrences that we all experienced. And my personal one, the call that you're referring to is back in July 2001. It had been a pretty calm, quiet summer up until that point. I remember it was uh, a very hot July day and uh, I just gotten on the late shift and we got a call over the radio for a boating accident off of Tag Point. Uh, The call came over, I think it came over to 248, 249 and Water Safety Patrol, which typically when we're all called to an accident, we know it's it's something not good. Um, We didn't have many details when we arrived, but when we arrived, there were multiple people in the water, debris in the water and a boat overloaded with people. And what had occurred was people were in the water swimming and the boat was driving around and hit multiple people, but hit one person and fatally wounded her. And we responded and were surface diving for her. Unfortunately, did not find her. Dive team arrived and could not find her either. She was eventually found months later. So, yes, very difficult call indeed. And I, I think in the book I talk about later in that day kind of staring off of the pier um, at the accident scene, reflecting. And Ted came over and offered to buy me an ice cream cone. <laughs> it was just a really nice moment. Ted always wants to make sure that his crew is doing okay and that was a a really difficult call for all of us to be on and you know he wanted to debrief with everyone and make sure that we were in a you know an okay mental state and we're processing what we had dealt with okay and um yeah
0: So hard. I can't imagine the things that you all see. And Ted, I mean, considering the number of people who enjoy Geneva Lake, we don't hear about many tragedies and accidents, but I know they do exist. And I think it's a good reminder to remember those and talk about those so that people don't get complacent about safety on the lake. Can you talk about, you know, some of the Common issues as far as you know what causes some of these accidents and tragedies to occur.
1: Yeah, well, un- you know, unfortunately, they do happen here more often than than we would like. As I stated before, this is the busiest lake in the entire state in terms of uh, usage per acre, if you want to put it that way, and also in the type, of the the uh, diversity of of use as well. Uh, you know, ranging from small kayaks and canoes and wave runners, all the way up to cabin cruisers and excursion boats and parasailing and all the other activities that go on in this lake. So the potential for having many, many serious injuries and fatalities each year is very high. But the reality is the number of those incidents remains very low each year. A lot of it has to do with the efforts of the Water Safety Patrol to get the word out safety-wise, educate people. And, and also just to kind of be there when when something happens if there is an accident of some kind we are close by and ready to respond very quickly whereas on a lot of other lakes they don't have this uh, they don't have an organization like this or a luxury where they can get such a quick response we've had some serious accidents on this lake despite all of our best efforts at prevention and education there are still going to be some accidents and uh, that's why our, our crew, trains so hard to uh, to be ready and prepared to answer the call when we get that
0: knowing some of the accidents that you've seen uh, what are some of your top safety tips you know for swimmers and boaters yeah. and paddle boarders and kayaks that that you know the, your best advice to stay safe out there to prevent some of the tragedies you've seen
1: yeah well uh, a lot of common sense stuff like making sure that you have enough life jackets on board you know when a boat starts to sink or capsize That's not the time to start wondering if you have life jackets on board. Uh, You need to do that before you get into the boat. You know, we do try to educate people about that. I would say improper riding on boats is a big one that we try to push, you know, like I mentioned before, people riding on the swim platform or something like that while the boat's underway, they may not realize how dangerous that is. And one of the things we talk about in our boat safety classes is the most dangerous part of a boat. And we, know we ask our students, what do you think that is? And, and the answer is it's the propeller. Um, we have had some very serious accidents and fatalities over the years involving uh, propeller cuts. And so you know we always like to tell people, hey, when you have people in the water near your boat, shut off the engine and just be very cognizant and aware of that at all times. The propeller is so dangerous, and, you know, people like to jump off the boat to go for a swim or go tubing or wakeboarding or skiing or whatever it is, and we just like people to get in the habit of being aware of that, keep that propeller away from anybody in the water. If you're the driver of the boat, shut off the engine and make sure that people are staying away from that prop. It can be dangerous even with the engine off, by the way. Uh, You know, we've had injuries with people getting on and off their boats with the engine completely off but you know slipping against the propeller or something it can cause a serious injury too so that's 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 a big one that we try to make people aware of you know watching your speed making sure that you're keeping proper distances from other boats not getting too close being aware of your wake making sure that your lights work if you plan to go out at night that's a big one we see especially like on 4th of July and other fireworks nights that a lot of people will come out on the lake and then uh, when it gets dark they go to turn on their lights and they realize that one or more of them do not work. And again, that is not the time to be testing the lights. If you think you're going to be out at night, you need to make sure you test those ahead of time and make sure they're all working because that can be that can be a deadly mistake. And we've had that happen on the lake too, where somebody's been out on the lake at night with no lights and another boat comes along and plows into them and create a very serious accident. So those are all things that, you know, we're just trying to get people to think ahead when they're going out on a boat to kind of think ahead of the with all these things before they, before they head out.
3: Yeah, and Karen, I'd like to interject too. You know, um, obviously the call I was on had to do with the dangers of a propeller, but also the greatness of the Water Safety Patrol is how many times that we have prevented accidents around the lake just by, you know, safety stops and, like Ted said, education. You know, when we talk about how many lives we've saved, it's countless because there are thousands upon thousands of times that we have prevented injury or death just by stopping a boater and you know educating them on best safety practices.
0: like you said, the prevention is key and yeah I think some people they're so excited just to get on on the lake they don't think ahead of time too, like Ted said to prepare um, so again, just we are all so grateful for water safety patrol and, and, and Ted, I, I don't think that most people know how water safety patrol is funded. Can you explain that and tell us ways that yes. we can all support
1: you? It's kind of unique really, because we're funded primarily by private donations and fundraisers. Um, we do get some funding from uh, the beaches around the lake for to you know, we contract with with them for lifeguard services. So so those beaches, whether they're public or private, do uh, provide some funding, in other words, to cover the cost of the lifeguard services. But the rest of the organization really is primarily funded through uh, private donations and and fundraisers. We have a a major fundraiser every August, and then a couple of uh, other minor ones throughout the year as well to help support the organization.
0: And Kelly, I know you're coordinating a lot of the hundredth anniversary activities. What is going on this year to celebrate? As
3: Anne mentioned, we you know the the book was our big project. The one hundredth anniversary committee was formed back in two thousand sixteen, so we've been working for some time now um, and had great plans um, that were going to be started in June. But unfortunately, due to the pandemic, everything had to kind of be. Um, modified. And the committee did a great job of pivoting and coming up with some alternative ways to celebrate the 100th during this time. So we're doing a big social media push, Water Safety Patrol Wednesdays on Facebook. We're sharing pictures from the book or pictures that weren't used in the book, um, married with facts about the Water Safety Patrol. Um, In addition, we are going to do an opening of the 100th season of the Water Safety Patrol Lake Lap, which will be on June 20th, 2020 at 6.20 p.m. Some of our boats will start from Water Safety Patrol headquarters on George Williams College campus and slowly do a lap around the lake, showing the 100-year flags that we we had made specially for the anniversary. And we're inviting the public and alumni to come down to piers and beaches, wave something red, wear your Water Safety Patrol gear, and show support for the organization. Um, in addition, we have wonderful Water Safety Patrol 100-year gear, made hats, t-shirts, turvis tumblers, of course, Running the Reds book. Um, and we are gonna have a pop-up shop at Water Safety Patrol headquarters on June 20th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., where we invite everyone to come in and pick up their 100-year gear to wear for the lake lap. Um, in addition we're featured in at the lake magazine for the summer edition and Morrissey is going to be available on June 27th at the Geneva Lake cruise line the location of the original water safety patrol headquarters lovingly known as the shack she will be signing copies of running the Reds from 10 a.m. to 12 pm um, and will have some 100 year gear available for purchase as well and then Also, we are hoping to have our reunion and Water Safety Patrol 100-year open house at headquarters on September 5th of 2020.
0: Oh, but well that's that's a full <laughs> full schedule. It's wonderful. I love the lap. And for people who don't already know about the flyby that you do on Labor Day. Um, and can you explain what that is and how that's you know similar to this lap for the hundredth year that we're that you're doing?
2: Sure. Yeah. Um, About, I would say, maybe 10 years ago, um, Ted uh, resurrected an old tradition, uh, which we call the, the Labor Day flyby. And uh, we take all of the boats in the fleet, in the Water Safety Patrol fleet, and uh, they, in formation, they do a lap around the lake and it's sort of the traditional um, end of summer, so the sort of traditional closing of the lake, if you will. But as Ted would tell you, in the more recent years, people have sort of turned it around as a thank you to the Water Safety Patrol. So people come out and stand at the end of their piers or on the lakeshore, and they often are holding up signs that say, uh, thank you, Water Safety Patrol, Uh, you know, former patrollers will hold up signs that say former patroller and and things like that. So it's a a whole community uh, effort and event around the water safety patrol effort.
0: It's a really neat thing. I mean, last year I was standing in Fontana and of course, so I'm you know at the tail end of the lap, but just the anticipation of the boats coming, you know, where are they now? Are they in town? Oh, they're over by Bigfoot Beach. Oh, where are they now? And it's just so neat to see the excitement and the support and everyone standing on their piers cheering. It really just gives you chills. And so this year, people have two chances to do that and go out and show their support. So, um, Ted, when I was growing up, we had a, a boat at the Riviera and a slip. So I, I remember the Water Safety Patrol headquarters being there. How did the decision come about to move it? And, and why, how did you choose that location that you're in now?
1: Oh, well, as Kelly just mentioned, we used to refer to it as the shack out on the pier, which is, which is still there, actually. It's, um, it's being used by uh, the cruise line now. But that that was our home for a long time, many many decades. The thing was, we were we were outgrowing it. Um, this organization really was taking off in terms of growth, and um, there was like more and more demand for our services and our educational programs specifically. And uh, at the time, this was around. Uh, oh, I would say around 1998, I think, when we first started to float this idea of moving. Uh, at the time, we were going around kind of begging different places around the lake to lo- to allow us to come in and uh, use their facilities to teach boating safety classes. And, you know, problem is, you know, when you go around the lake doing that, we wanted to be near the lake, obviously. And that's the busy time for most of these places as well. You know, we would we would go to like the Yacht Club or the some of the camps around the lake and try to use their facilities, but that's their busy time too. And we were having a harder and harder time doing that. So that's when we started to kind of come up with the idea that we needed, we needed a headquarters that could uh, house our own classroom so that we could use it for educational purposes and training purposes, because our training was starting to get more advanced too, where we would get all our staff people together for training and different things with, CPR and AED use and all these kind of things. So, we needed a a place uh, where we could have our own classroom and training facility. That was kind of the uh, the real push for a new facility. And it was right around the time of our 80th anniversary, really, where we said, you know, we 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 need to get serious about this and 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 do it. There was a lot of enthusiasm at the time that you know for people as far as raising money to build a a new building, uh, but we didn't have a place yet on where we could put it. You know, we had some inquiries out at different places around the lake to to build this facility and uh, George Williams College stepped forward actually we have a history going back to the 1920s with them and it seemed like a natural fit and it was a uh, Dr Sherrick who is the president of aurora University and George Williams College who who stepped forward and and made this thing happen she said you know you guys need a place for your new facility we have a place for you if you guys can raise the money for the building go ahead and build it on our campus here in Williams Bay. So that took off from there and uh, about a year later we were breaking ground on this facility.
0: and no plans to move from there right that that's a great spot.
1: Uh, I, n- no plans exactly <laughs> we, we love it here. Uh, we love it here it's it's a great fit. It's a perfect location for us. Uh, we have a pier down here for our uh, for some of our patrol boats and we just have a great relationship with George Williams College too.
3: We have honestly Ted you to thank for you know having the new headquarters and a lot of the new boats. Ted is also celebrating an anniversary this season, his 30th year as director of the water safety patrol. And truly without Ted's vision and fundraising efforts, we would not be in the headquarters that we are in. We would not have the fleet of boats that we have and the patrol wouldn't be as amazing as it is today, if it weren't for your direction. So thank you.
1: Well, thank you. But it, it's a team effort. And there were a lot of people before me that had, that were visionaries uh, to get us on track to where we're at today.
0: And you started, Ted, as a lifeguard in Williams Bay, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, I did.
0: And then a 30-year run as, and you were really the first kind of full-time director. Yeah. And has that position kind of evolved over the years, and uh, taken on more responsibility, probably? Yeah,
1: it definitely has. And I, you know, I mentioned some of the prior visionaries that we had here with this organization, and Tom Kwiatkowski is one of them. He was the director before me, and he's the one who actually had the vision for the year-round director. Uh, he was director for about 10 years before me, and um, he was also trying to juggle his full-time year-round position as the principal at Star Center School which is part of the uh, Lake Geneva school system. And uh, you know, Tom was so passionate about the patrol and is to this day still so passionate about the patrol that he, he really didn't want to uh, see the, the growth of the organization stifled or the potential for growth stifled because of the fact that he couldn't be here as much as he wanted to be here. So he's the one who really put forth that idea that, you know, we needed to get a a full-time year-round director. He pitched that to the uh, board of directors, and then they went from there.
0: Boy, did they pick the right person. Well,
1: thanks.
0: So I saw a photo of you in the book with Harry Carey. Yeah. So what was he doing in Lake Geneva, and what was he like?
1: You know, Harry, Harry used to spend some time up here every summer. He'd come up for a few days during the all-star break uh, of baseball season. So he would get a few days off from announcing the uh, Cubs games. And he was uh, a friend of a family that lives on the, uh, on the lake here in Fontana. So he would come up and spend a few days with that family every summer. And I got to meet him a few times and uh, he was exactly like he was on TV. (laughs) 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 There was no act involved at all with his personality. He was exactly, you know, who he was when you saw him on TV a funny guy funny guy and um, he, you know he he came for a, a ride with us on a patrol boat one day and we decided to uh, we decided to present him with a water safety patrol jacket and that's where the photo op came in we were presenting him with a, uh, a water safety patrol jacket aboard one of the patrol boats
0: oh that's so neat uh, what an honor for him and us Yeah, sure. And how about any other interesting kind of public figures or celebrities?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, I've met several over the years, um, you know, in different situations, Uh, came across Tom Cruise on the lake one year. Really? He was was windsurfing out in uh, the mouth of Williams Bay and the looked like he might have been having some difficulty, and we pulled up to see if he needed any help and realized it was him. There's been some other celebrities that we've met over the years. Uh, Locally, uh, I've met a lot of interesting people around this lake community. Too many to mention, but Larry Larkin comes to mind. He's like a local celebrity around here. Such an interesting guy. He knows so much about the lake and all its history, and he's he's a, a big boat enthusiast as well. And it's kind of fun to talk to him about boats and and the old days on Geneva Lake and things like that. So, so also, much history. He's also a very funny guy.
0: It's interesting because I I know you know there are a lot of recognizable names that either have homes up here or visit up here, but. One of the reasons they like coming up here is because they they do go fairly unnoticed. Not a lot of people will out them, you know, that they're here Mm -hmm. and they can kind of enjoy the lake in peace. So that's probably why they love coming up. Kelly, it seems like, I mean, here we're talking to, you know, you and Anne, and even though, you know, your lifeguard and swim instructor days were kind of a long time ago um here you are still friends and still involved it seems like it's kind of this this bond that anybody who has worked for water safety patrol you're kind of bonded for life is, is that true
3: um i think so i mean Ann and i kind of chuckled we we talk about you know she and i were swim instructors um at the same time and did some lessons at the Riviera Beach and we laugh and we say Do you think, you know, would you have imagined that 20 years later we'd be working together trying to write the book? So, yes, I think that the Water Safety Patrol, you know, it's not only a job for people. It becomes really a family. Many of my best friends are those people that I met on the patrol or went through lifeguard training class. You know, my husband and I met on the Water Safety Patrol, so Mm -hmm. I... I I say that I'm forever grateful to the organization. But yeah, I think that's just, you're working, especially on boat crew, you're working seven hour shifts on a boat with two to three people day in and day out. And this was, you know, I worked before days of cell phones. So there was a lot of conversations and you got to really know your crew members really, really well. So, and that was an opportunity to make friendships forever.
0: And being part of the Water Safety Patrol team and putting helping to put this book together, kind of over the years, I mean, what do you see as some of the most interesting or significant changes?
2: Um, that's a good question. I mean, it's a hundred year history. So there have obviously been quite a few um, eras throughout the uh, hundred years. But, um, you know, when I think about some of the biggest changes that the organization has gone through, one of the things we we came across in researching the book, uh, which was a really fun process, and we got to uh, not only interview, I think I interviewed over 50 former patrollers from all different eras about their memories of the patrol, but... um, also got to dig into some of the archives. The Water Safety Patrol has its own uh, collected archives and then we also got to go to the Geneva Lake Museum and the Lake Geneva Library and the Williams Bay Library um, and do some research there. And one of the things that I learned in in doing all of that research is that Shortly after World War II is when the organization first separated the roles of lifeguard and swim instructor. Prior to that time, all of the lifeguards had also been swim instructors at the same time. So, um, that was sort of the first big evolution I think that the organization went through was to recognize that the, uh, that the education piece was so important that it required its own branch essentially. Um, And then another big change that the organization went through uh, happened in the early 1980s, when Tom Kwiatkowski, who Ted mentioned earlier, um, he promoted two female lifeguards onto the boat crew for the first time in the organization's history. And that sort of ushered in a new era, um, both men and women serving on the boat crew, which continues uh, proudly to this day. So those are sort of two of the big uh, big moments I see in the, in the evolution of the water safety patrol.
0: And Ted, so male, male, the females at about even, and what what kind of age range um, do you have on your staff?
1: Pretty wide. Yeah, um, I would say most of our lifeguards fall in the age range of uh, sixteen to nineteen years old, uh, but our our boat crew has a much wider range of people, uh, ranging from seventeen or eighteen years old all the way up to sixty.
0: Wow. That's great. I mean, yeah.
1: We do have, yeah, we do have people who come back year after year. We've got a handful of people now on our boat crew who uh, we call, um, we call them the boomerang gang. (laughs) These are people who used to work on, on the uh, boat crew uh, back in the day. uh, And they, they had to stop for various reasons, either, you know, because of their careers or because of raising families or whatnot. And now they've gotten to the point in their lives where they have some extra time. Uh, maybe their kids have grown up or something and uh, they've got a little extra time to give and they, they want to come back and work on the boat patrol. So we do have like a handful of those people who who are doing that right now and have been for the last few years.
3: A lot of people who would jump on board a boat to work a shift in a heartbeat because we enjoyed it that much. It was, you know, the best job we've ever had.
0: I can imagine. So I, whenever I see Water Safety Patrol go by, I wave, and then I stop and think, is that annoying? Like, because maybe they think I'm flagging them down for help.
1: No, no, <laughs> I'm trying just... to
0: make it clear it's a friendly wave.
1: Yeah, that's a common thing. We wave to everybody. Uh, you know, there's a lot of that. It goes on when we're patrolling the lake all day. We're we're doing a lot of waving to people back and forth. And usually, if people are are doing the uh, the one-handed wave, we know it's a friendly wave. If it's if it's two hands. Crossing each other up above your head, we know that's a distress signal.
0: Okay, I'll continue my waving then. Yes. So I ask all my guests this as a final question, and you have to narrow it down to one thing. What is your most favorite thing about Lake Geneva area, I'm being here in Lake Geneva? And <laughs> oh
2: <Uh-oh. laughs> um, boy! My most favorite thing about living in Lake Geneva. Well, I, I was born and raised here, uh, so it is my hometown. And I would say, you know, it's the people. Really, it's my favorite thing about the Lake Geneva area and the sense of camaraderie. And, and the, as Kelly said, the Water Safety Patrol is a family, and uh, it's really just the relationships and the people here that I cherish the most. How
3: about you, Kelly? Like Anne, I was born and raised. Um, in the area as well and people are great but I have to say it's the lake I mean the lake can put a smile on my face can you know when I'm out on a boat it's the best place to be and just to know that we have such a great resource and we're able to enjoy it um, I have to say it's the lake
0: and Ted
1: well yeah I would echo some of that I, I would say it's a, it's a small lake with a big lake feel um, but as as a boat enthusiast, I love seeing the tremendous variety of boats, from antique wooden classics to some of the modern day beauties that we see out there. There's there's such a wide variety of boats on this lake, and I I never get tired of of looking at some of them and seeing some of the new ones that come out and some of the old ones that are back year after year.
0: So much to love about about this place, and and thank you all for. For being here today. And you know, Ted, thank you and your staff for keeping us safe on the lake. We're very grateful. And Kelly and Ann for still being involved in, in the ways that you are. And um, you know, for people can go on to watersafetypatrol.org org and just donate. You don't need to Wait for an event or you know any occasion. Just go and donate. You know these are the people who are keeping us safe on the lake. And what could be more important than that? And all the other information is on the website as well. Correct about um, some of the other fundraising events and the hundred-year anniversary. Kelly, is that where we can find all that information?
3: Yes, absolutely. And I do want to mention, you know, um, the Water Safety Patrol. Relies completely on private donations. We are not a state funded organization. So, um, yes, absolutely. Go to the watersafetypatrol.org website to donate directly and to get information about our different education classes and the 100 year celebrations.
0: Okay. Well, thank you so much. And as always, thanks to the listeners for letting me share my love of Lake Geneva, the natural beauty, the crystal clear waters, the sunshine and the sunsets, but most of all, the people. I'm Karen Stray Rappaport. Join me next time as another guest takes their place in the sun. Bye for now.